Hello and welcome to another edition of Archive Panic. I am your host, Jacob Russo. And I'm Ben Nevin. And uh, we've got a special film for you today. What what movie are we discussing today, Ben? Ghosts of Mars. And, yep. Yep, there goes the whiskey. <laughs> this fucking movie. I poured myself a drink for this one. I can tell by the way you're sounding, that went down a bit hard, didn't it? It did. I was... <laughs> I'm not going to lie, see when I was watching this movie as well, mm. I got fucked. And that's quite sad, because I was by myself. <laughs> I was watching this movie in a dark room at the back of the house. And I was, Absolutely rat-assed. And, you know, when I, I just to give you a little bit, a bit of a peek into behind the scenes, see when I'm watching these movies, occasionally I will have a drink, because some of these movies, you know... It's, it's just... It's like... It is a, a fun ritual to just sit back, have a wee whiskey pod or a can of beer or whatever, right? Mm. And just chill the fuck out usually, and watch a movie. It's fucking great, man. Usually, I love whiskey it. For, usually it's whiskey or a, a vodka for me, you know, just a spirit of some description. Uh, uh, I started doing this while watching <laughs> Village of the Damned and the tradition has continued and... Uh, yeah, this is the first time I got uh, sufficiently rat-arsed watching one. Yeah, this film caused liver damage. I actually fell up the stairs going to bed that night. You do that all the time anyway, you clumsy fucker. No, I don't. What are you talking about? I do. <sighs> You've got oh. two of their feet and they're both in your horns. I can do double bass. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Ghosts of Mars. I, I had always heard that this movie was bad. Same, and, same. And I had... Yes. I had always assumed, though, that much like vampires before it, mm-hmm. I had always assumed that this was exaggerated because I'd seen stills from the movie. And when you just look at, like, pictures of the set and stuff, it looks like it could be alright. Like, the set design's fine, the costumes are fine. Like, the, the film, just for the looking most part, at it... For the most part. Given the time that it came out in, like, what, 2001? Mm-hmm. It looks pretty decent, like the set design's very well done, some of the gore is fucking great, like the special effects, Greg Nicotero returns. Uh, I as will a special say some, of the, some of the CGI effects, people get their heads cut off is a bit shaky, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, digital gore just doesn't work yeah. for me personally, it always looks a bit off, but nevertheless... It is saying something though, when, if you mention John Carpenter to anybody, uh, especially later John Carpenter, if you mention later John Carpenter... Everybody's thoughts immediately goes to Ghost of Mars as being like a really, like if you're talking about a director's movies went downhill and you talk about John and you mention John Carpenter's name, Everyone everybody makes... immediately goes to Ghost of Mars. They they ignore, you know, his they ignore other... Escape from L.A. They ignore uh, the Village of the Memoirs of an Invisible Man, uh, and they go they jump they straight, go straight to, to Ghost of Mars. And I can see why. <laughs> I can see why he did not make a movie for like nine years after this. Yeah, the next one was The uh, Ward in 2010. 2010 yeah. yeah, and that's the last film he did. Um, I can see, yeah. I'd the last film he directed, he has produced films since then. Uh, yes, he was the producer yeah. on the most recent Halloween movies. Yes. Uh, and he wrote the music for um, Firestarter. Yeah, that yeah. Remake of Firestar that was absolutely god awful, but yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'd always heard this movie was bad. I don't disagree, but I will ask this one question before we start: Is this movie worse than Memoirs of Invisible Man? No. Mm. In my opinion, no. No. 
and and I'll tell you for why, right? Okay. There are parts of this movie that I really, really enjoy, and that like I could see being entertained by this. Fi- I was in- sufficiently entertained by this film all the way through. Like at no point during this film was I like fuck this, I don't want to go on anymore, right? But what is it, like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I mean, you know for a fact that I went through that, because I texted you at like 2 o'clock in the morning or something as I was watching this. Yeah, you just went, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the text, but I'll probably pull it up. But I just got this, just being like, have you watched Ghost of Mars yet? And I just went, yeah, because I had. And you said, shite. <laughs> just one more, shite. <laughs> yeah. This movie, this movie. There's that, yeah. There's aspects of this I like as well. Mm. For the most part, I like Ice Cube whenever he appears and things. He's not a great actor, but I like him when he's he very charismatic and yeah. he has that kind of personality. That even though he might not necessarily be the best actor in the world, although he has certainly gotten better with age, and that he does kind of hint, he's leaning into his personality a lot more with things like you know Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street. He kind of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he fucking he owns it in that and he plays almost a parody of himself. Remember he was in the. Uh, like are you are we there yet and yeah, yeah. are you done yet those fucking yeah. shite movies but I for the most part I like I Friday Friday was Friday, fucking Friday was Friday's pretty, class Friday was pretty good um, what was the other one he was in was he he was in he was in, um, he, was in he wasn't in all the Friday movies was, was he in he? Boys in the Hood I don't think so was that not him no I need to check that I think that was him this, Otherwise, you I might be doing racist. a ra- you might uh-huh. be doing a racism right now uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you're thinking of the main guy in Boys in the Hood and that was Cuba Gooding yeah that was Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. yeah uh, boys in the hood. Turns out he's thinking of Ice T. Boys in the hood. No, it's Ice Cube. He's right there. <laughs> You're the doing the racist. <laughs> I've not seen Boys in the Hood. You not? It's no, good, it's a good movie. Um, the only bit I've seen from that is the fucking uh, Lawrence Fishburne. The the speech he gives about like gentrification. Have you seen um, that parody movie that the Wayne Brothers did of? Boys in the Hood, um, how don't be a menace. Don't be a menace in South Central while yeah. drinking you're just in the well, hood. So they do that uh, whole bit where Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. but it was not Lawrence Fishburne, but the, the, that's the like, character's giving a speech and then some guy just pops in, message. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my favourite bit in that though is they go to like, my favourite shop, 40s and 9s. Should I wear these high, should I wear the low tops? With the Uzi. <laughs> see if you like, or the high tops with the tech nines. See if you don't, see, uh, see if you like, don't be a menace. Yeah, uh, you need to watch. So the Wayne brothers, I think it's their dads or their uncles or something. I can't remember. But there's another generation of Wayans, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones. They did a a parody. The elder Wayans. Yeah, they did a parody of black exploitation movies in the eighties called "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." Yeah, I've seen that. It's, it's fucking, fucking great, isn't it? Yeah, the guy dies of like an overdose of like uh, <laughs> the chains and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking great. <laughs> anyway, jokes. Anyway, Ice Cube is great. His son's pretty good at acting as well. He was he played he, he played, played Ice Cube dad in Street of Compton, but he was also in the uh, most recent thing I've seen him in. He was in Cocaine Bear. You know um, what else he was in? What? Andor. Oh yeah, so he was. The Star Wars series. Yeah, so he was. But anyway, um, and he was really fucking good in that. But this movie has Ice Cube. For the most part, I like Ice Cube. He's fine. It has yeah. Jason Statham. I will admit, I quite like Jason Statham. I'll be honest, right? I think Jason Statham is. Uh, he can I was done dirty by typecasting uh, during the 2000s because they done like Transporter and all these like high octane action movies right and I will admit though see even in those movies in those movies he's great I will Jason Statham was like one of my sort of I don't really say to people fucking love Jason Statham movies 
But you see, most of the movies it brings out, I will watch them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Death Race is fucking great. Death Race. Uh-huh. That was a great remake. But I think Jason Statham's in a cast when he's doing. Yeah. He's at his best when he's doing comedy. So there's the, the Melissa McCarthy movie, Spy. Oh, he's yeah, in that. Right, yeah. He and, is uh, fucking just. I've swallowed enough microchips and shit them back out again to make a fucking computer. He's fucking and great. And, uh, obviously, he's great in like Snatch. Like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, oh, Snatch. Snatch. Uh, I was, gutted, I was gutted that he didn't turn up in The Gentleman. I would have loved to have seen him have a character there. He's good in the Fast and Furious movies as well. He is, he's pretty good in the, He's good in The Expendables as well. But no, um, But anyway, sorry, back to it. But I know Jason Statham's fucking class, uh, man. It's, uh, Pam Greer's back. I like Pam Greer. And she has her own voice this time. Yeah, she, yeah, she does. She's not been pitch shifted to fuck you, you and overdubbed. You need to watch uh, her 70s black exploitation stuff. It's fucking class. I really do, yeah. Uh, Coffee and Foxy Brown. And uh, Jack, well, it's not a 70s exploitation, but Jackie, Blow, Jackie Brown. I've seen Jackie Brown. It's fucking class. Yeah. Uh, yeah Pam Greer. Uh, I will admit, Natasha Henstridge, shite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's so wooden throughout the entirety of this film. Uh, yeah. Like, she sees this, like, she continually sees horrible, like, horrific shit but has no reaction whatsoever to what's going on to her. She's like almost fucking comatose through I the haven't, movie. I haven't done this with you, but occasionally I will take photographs of whatever movie I'm watching, if it's a bad actor, right, and it's a close-up of their face, I'll take a photograph and I'll send it to somebody and I'll be like, what emotion are they doing? <laughs> oh, that's a fun game. Does yeah. anyone ever get it right? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's such a good game. But uh, Oh my God, that's brilliant. But, you know, this movie is trash. <laughs> there's yeah, no two it really ways it's, it's not a, a good movie however it's bad enough that I feel like watching this like like Memoirs of the the reason I would put this above Memoirs of the Invisible Man right is not because it's a better movie far from it it's actually because it is a worse movie but because of that it's more enjoyable you can laugh at it a bit more mm. whereas <laughs> like Memoirs of the Invisible Man is so like takes itself so seriously to the point where there's really like nothing to really like enjoy or laugh at like you know what I mean okay okay whereas okay. see if I was to put see if I was to put this on or like say I had like folk around for Halloween or something like that for a movie night mm-hmm. like we like remember we used to do like a, or so you used to do your like B movie nights and stuff like that yeah yeah I feel like if you were to put this on at one of those it would be a fucking smash hit oh undoubtedly yeah like yeah like it would it's a great movie to just sit and like with your pal and I would kind of recommend it for that purpose like if you want to watch a shitty movie with your pals and rip them yeah Ghost of Mars like I would put it up maybe not in the same level as the likes of like Sleepaway Camp or Brain Damage because those are genuinely enjoyable movies even without that yeah but yeah I would I would actually put uh, if I was to do another one of these B B movie nights I wouldn't put them on as like a double feature but I would probably do Ghost of Mars and I would probably do previous week's episode Vampires because Vampires is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one to rip into as well, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. This movie is straight trash. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it is... God, do not, like, cannot recommend it unless it is the that fucking very specific example of if you're putting on, like, a B-movie night, uh-huh. then by all means fling it in there. It's great for that. But if you're just watching this yourself, you're, you're going to have a bad time. It's, it's fucking horrific, man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Should we get into it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, let's go. So the film starts right away. Like, there's no opening crawl or nothing. It just op- it just fucking shows you a picture of Mars and some cunts talking at you. Right? 
Well, well, they get the, like the little text on screen, like oh, in all the Michael Bay movies, you know, like yeah, like, yeah, the Roland Emmerich movies. Yeah, so, like, like where you, you are, the place at you know, place time. Also, society matriarchal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that was about, but you know, <laughs> fuck knows. But uh, in, so, in some narration telling us that some mysterious force has been uncovered on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtrack is done in this film is done by Anthrax uh, the opening isn't the, the, the opening, opening is John the Carpenter. opening is some industrial sounding stuff and it was actually pretty decent I remember I remember just yeah. sitting there being like oh, fuck I wish John Carpenter would come out with an industrial album that's fucking class that would this, be so fucking good this, this movie is very early 2000s oh yeah yeah, uh, extremely so big um, time and you know industrial music has not aged well but I fucking love it oh same Fucking it's fucking shit. great. Did you see uh, Skinny Puppy are doing their farewell tour? What? Yeah, they're breaking up. Oh, so no way, man. Skinny Puppy are fucking fantastic. They're great. Um, Revolting Cox have come back as well. Fuck, I love Revolting Cox. They're a fucking great man. I know they're a great name as well. It's just, it's just, it's one of those names where if you say you love the band, it just sounds like you're a dirty you know, bastard. You know, I got some shade thrown at me by a fucking HMV employee for... For I've, liking that band. I've told you yeah. this, I think. Um, last time, I do remember the yeah, story, yeah. When I was down south in enemy territory, I went to HMV, um, mainly to see if I could find some... Uh, I went there specifically to find some Revolting Cox vinyl, right? Because nice. I heard this, uh, I heard this HMV was pretty big, right? So I went. Ah. In, uh, couldn't find any, so I went up to the the guy at the checkout. And was like, "Oh, you got any uh, Revolting Cox there?" And he he was like, "Excuse me, uh, what band was that?" <laughs> and I went, Revolting Cox, because uh, I guess he didn't either. He didn't get the accent, or because it's he a just fucking, didn't know the band. Because it's a, no, or it's because it's a fucking out there band name. Yeah. You know? um, so he searched up, and he was like. We haven't carried any of that in stock in a, about a decade. Fuck off. And I'm like, hey, you don't have to say it like that. You can't. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but okay. You didn't need to. Uh, less, of the, less of the fucking breathing through your teeth there, you prick. Like, yeah, go okay. on, you fuck. Alright, cool. Um, Why don't you kiss your teeth at something else, you walloper? <laughs> Ron Cox is a great man. Those, those, yeah, first, those first three albums uh, Big Sexy Land, Beer Steers and Queers, and Linger. That's my favourite one. And Linger Ficking Good. Or, uh, I like the second album the best probably. Uh, Beers, Steers, Queers. It's a fucking great album, man. Beers, Steers, and, and Queers. queers. <laughs> 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 fucking awesome, man. Fucking great album. But yeah, yeah. Um, I missed the. Um, I say I missed it. It got cancelled. Uh, Ministry were playing in Glasgow with KMFDM. Oh yeah. They, um, oh, what's that place called? Um, Swedge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the show got cancelled, and I was gonna go, and I was like, gotten. I said the soundtrack's a banger. At least the opening track. But is. yeah, and then Anthrax does the rest of the music. Yeah. But it's but it's late nineties Anthrax. So it's not that good. If you don't know anything about Anthrax, they're a thrash metal band. But in the nineties, they're one of the big four. Yeah, but in the nineties, when thrash was kind of dying, they became Pantera clones. And if yeah. you like that, you like that. But I don't. I en- I enjoy some of it, but not all. Like some of this, like some of the tracks that they do for this film are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they're really good. But when it's bad, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm. Like, whenever they play bad tracks, the full film turns into what feels like a fucking zombies map from Black Ops 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Back when they had, like, Avenged Sevenfold tracks on it and shit. Like, Hail to the King! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I fucking hate that song. <laughs> Fuck you, it's great! Hail to the King's an awesome song. Shepherd of Fire is a good song, but you know. True. So, anyway, the credits finally begin to roll as we see a train crossing the Martian surface. Uh, it stops in Kreese, the first city of Crisis, Mars. Crisis, is how they pronounce it. See, sorry, Crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking no. But here we have, yeah, but we're, in, we're, we're uh, reintroduced to uh, our uh, Carpenter regulars again. 
Peter Jason? Nope. Oh, not yet? Well, not he's yet. there. No, he's it's, there. A, it's a ghost train now, remember? Oh, yes. As it's rolling in. So it turns out the train was completely empty save for one passenger, Lieutenant Melanie Ballard. Played by Natasha Henstridge, who is most famous for uh, species in the Species movies. Yeah, so she was primarily a model who... Uh, it explains a lot why her performance is really bad. Yeah. I don't uh, like to shit on people for bad performances, but this is... No, really, because, like, especially, like, folk that don't have, like, an acting background. Yeah, I can't act for shit. But, but like, the, you know, the problem... The problem becomes when someone is given a bad performance and they are the main role. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes a slightly more of a transgression, shall we say? Yeah. Because this film is expecting to is expecting so I can I can never get her name right. Natasha Henstridge. Natasha Henstridge. It's expecting uh, Natasha Henstridge to carry this movie on her back for a lot of it, right? She's, and she's she just fucking canny. Mm. She just she just can't. Yeah. It's no for happening. Yeah. But uh, anyway, well, it turns out the train was a prison transport, and they found some kind of mad illegal substance in her system. They say what it is. It's given some mad sci-fi name. I don't. Isn't it, isn't it just clear? I can't remember. No, no, no. It's something else. Uh, clear is what. I think. No, no. It is clear. You're right. Sorry. It's called clear. Yeah. It's just. Uh... It's just it's yeah it's it's just a pill that makes you see shit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah, but uh, she stands before a court to give an after action report report on what happened on the train, and then our film truly kicks off, and the story is now being told in flashback. And we're we see her walking through the train. We get introduced to the various different members of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, standouts including Jason Statham and Pam Grier. Jason Statham has the most movie name ever. Uh, Jericho. Jericho Butler. Uh, yeah. Pam Grier is uh, the. Uh, is a commander. Commander uh, Helena Braddock. Yep. And uh, there's Clea Duval as well, uh, who is Officer Bashira Kincaid. Uh, Kincaid. Cleo Duval was not given enough to do in this movie. No, not at all. I like Cleo Duval. She used she, to be in She a, should have been in uh, Natalie's role. Natasha Henstridge's role? Natasha's yeah. role, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cleo Duval was, <laughs> was cool. Um, she was really good in a... This is going to be very specific. But she was in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where yes. She was, uh, where she was like this girl that was just ignored. So she became invisible and started fucking with people. And it, was, it was. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, it was good. She was good in it. Um... Right. I think she, she was in she was in the faculty as well. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Lieutenant Vala takes a small pill that is enclosed in her locket and gubs it, and she's tripping balls. Yeah, it looks like codeine. But, yeah. It's fuck's sake, and the effects of this are actually really well done. It's fairly. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't bad. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's. I, I don't want to speak to its accuracy because I'll end up fucking dobbing myself in it, but it, it nah, I pretty, don't know. I don't, it's it, a sci-fi it, drug. It's fine. It, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sci-fi drug. It's fine. It's, it's not. It's a, it doesn't need to be a hundred percent accurate, but yeah, no, it's believable at least as a sci-fi drug. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> right, the locket moving's kind of close, yeah. but yeah. So it's revealed that the prison transport is making its way to pick up a notorious criminal by the name of James Williams, a.k.a. Desolation Williams. Desolation Williams. What a... F- That's a fucking wrestler name if I oh, remember I did one, find it, I did find Holy it kind fuck. of cringy when it's be like, what are you talking about, Desolation? 
<laughs> we just call him desolation. Like, yeah, 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 it's weird. Apparently, he's been charged with murder for the third time. Hmm. And uh, this is the point where I realised they named the train after a fucking sauce. What's the train called? Marinara. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> It's called like something Maranana, like Foxtrot, something else. So like, the but here's the thing: they use it's like Maranara, and then they use NATO phonetic alphabet for the rest. So either the cunt forgot that Mike was a thing, or he just straight up was just like, like making his fucking dinner one day and just went, "Fuck it, that'll do." Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Is the sister train called the Tagotelli? Who knows? Anyway, well, very yeah. So. So it's at this point that Pam Greer just straight up fucking hits on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sexually harasses uh, our main character. Yeah, and this is a thing. I need you straight as an arrow. She's touching her shoulder. Like, Don't worry, I'm straight. And she's like, "That's a shame." <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Pam Greer. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what's his name? Jericho Kane just hits on her straight away after that. Yeah, yeah, like, almost Jason immediately Stanley. after. Uh, Statham plays a right creepy cunt in this. I don't know if you got this feeling right, but see, when I was watching this, I yeah. thought it was going to be revealed that Jason Statham was Ice Cube's like inside man. Like, he was going to be... Yeah! But it's not. That would make so much sense, <laughs> but based on how he plays it, but it's yeah. not. He's just, he's just a weird guy. <laughs> he's just a very, very horny man. So, you know... <laughs> I mean, you would be too if you were on a train with Pam Greer, let's be honest. Yeah, it's her sense as well. She's alright looking, but. Uh, shite actress, but. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so the squad gear up as the train pulls into the prison. And it turns out the town is absolutely deserted. Should I also mention that the the, the, oh, the, the train driver, the two members of the train crew are Peter Jason, finally back again, our Lord and Savior. Yes. And um, trumpeteer extraordinaire. Yep, <laughs> Prince of Darkness, and um, one of the Carradines, uh, Robert Carradine, I want to say. Hey, right, fucking what's her name's dad? Lizzie McGuire's dad and Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was previously seen in technically he was previously seen in Escape from LA, but he had a tiny role. So, um, if you've been watching along with Noticely, us, most noticeably seen in body bags. Yeah, in the first segment where he As the in, killer. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually wish he had more screen time in this. I wish he had the role of, uh, you know the other rookie that goes with them? Yeah. The, the, one the, that, kind of, the nameless one. Yeah. I wish he was him. Yeah. Because I think he would do an okay job. I do realise that when I said that, I just made him sound like a Dark Souls boss. The nameless one. Uh, <laughs> The nameless rookie is the first boss you fight. Hmm. Anyway, so yeah, they're on their way to. Uh, what's the name of the town they're going to? I can't that? remember. It's a mining town, but they get out and the town is completely abandoned, and they make out. It's like, hold on a second. Friday night, <laughs> everyone's got a pay. Everyone's just got been given their pay packet, and this place is deed. Shining Canyon. Shining Canyon. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, where, where was it? There's a lot of whores, drinks, and drugs to be bought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a weird line. <laughs> very, uh, uh, very uh, western. Yeah, Statham once again decides to hit on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the pri- they go to check out the prison that's also abandoned. Jericho offers to pop the lock on the jail cells, stating that there's not a machine on Mars that doesn't love me. Is, <laughs> is he insane? Is he, is he shagging the locks? Is he... <laughs> 
His cock is as hard as steel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a oh. diamond lockpick in my pants. Ooh. But, uh, but so Jericho's chatting up Lieutenant Ballard, and this is where there's a... There is a line here that genuinely got a wee laugh out of me. Right. As uh, she turns around to, she's like, shoots uh, Jericho down in flames with, maybe I'd sleep with you if you were the last man on earth, but we're not on earth. And then she fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I like that. That's good. Oh uh, yeah, this is when they're, they're in that corridor and the, and the camera keeps cutting like unnecessarily to the uh, the the ball of barbed wire of nails. It's that comes slightly later. Oh. Uh, so the lieutenant and Jericho go to check out a disturbance in one of the buildings. They see like flickering lights, right? And and they go there and they find a place to be covered in blood, blood barbed wire and like like surgical scissors. It looks like like yeah, some kind of like, medical <laughs> It looks like they've wandered onto the set of Event Horizon. See, I went a different route. Uh, I thought it looked like the aftermath of a Hellraiser flick. Well, Event Horizon is just Hellraiser in space. So. Pretty, no, Hellraiser in space was Hellraiser in space. Uh, well, yeah. Hellraiser four. Uh, that movie sucked. But <laughs> true, but it's still. <laughs> but uh, in the compound, they find a severed arm hanging out of a locker. Yeah, and realise that, that something serious has happened. Yeah, how did that arm get there? Did we just stick Again, how was it stuck in the locker? <laughs> they just put it there. <laughs> they just like clearly one of the guys like one of the one of the like spoil alert, one of the ghosts is one of the, like this will really fuck them up. Like this will, <laughs> will frighten the shit out of anybody that comes through. Wait till you see this. We'll not see their faces, but we'll know, right? <laughs> we'll know that someone somewhere has pat their chance, right? <laughs> this movie um, so, and when when I see the camera keeps uh, cutting unnecessarily to this ball oh yeah this film loves it's like dissolves in weird cuts and like the editing for this movie is all over the fucking place yeah you'll have two get this is a perfect scene to describe this Uh, you have uh, Ballard and uh, Jericho walking down this hallway and they keep doing like these little like fadeaways just so they can step so they can step like five steps forward if even that not even I think it's like two (laughs) <laughs> they just keep doing that as if it was taking them too long to walk down the hallway. Yeah, as and if each was, step was taking a half hour. It was very distracting. Mm. It was very. Uh, there was a lot of movies that came out around that time period. That, 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 uh, two that I can think. One that I can think of off the top of my head is Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, where they that did done a lot. lot. Of, where they did a lot of that weird sort of MTV music video style. Saw done a lot of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the footman to be fair, the film for Saw franchise is kind of notorious for just mental edits. Mm. Like there's one, like there's one cut. I can't remember what film it is, but this cunt gets thrown through like a mirror, and he like crash or like through a window or something like that, and he literally crashes into the next scene. Oh right. And like yeah. the camera pans across as he's going across, and like the the wall wipes, and it's the next scene. Yeah, they got that from the WWE. They used to be the intro to SmackDown used to do that. Yeah. But uh. It was mad. But anyway, we cut to another flashback. This time, following the second team, led by Pam Greer, and they check out the recreation facility yeah. or as he keep calling it for some fucking reason the rec fec or the rec fac <laughs> why the fuck are you wait it's called the rec call the fucking the rec centre the rec hall <laughs> call it. why the fuck you don't need to sci-fi everything right like just mm. fucking some things are, some words are fine yeah in a sci-fi setting but you know you know yeah, what I mean Claire Duval and the nameless man yeah uh, at the rec they find several decapitated bodies all hung upside down from the ceiling and this is where the editing for the film shits the bed again because there's a very sudden cut 
and then out of and then just Lieutenant Valard has just stood there talking to Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is that like was there a passage of time there? I did, there was, is there like a considerable amount of time, or did they like rapidly go like what the f- like the one time they don't use a dissolve? Mm-hmm. Is when they should have used a fucking dissolute. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what like, you mean. Yeah. Like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a hard cut. That should just that should be a dissolvent in the next scene, or even like mm. one of the fucking mult like a Star Wars wipe or something. Yeah, something to suggest that time has passed. But the way it's shot, it looks like Lieutenant Valor just fucking I dream of Genie just <laughs> turns into the fucking scene. This uh, all fucking hold on, I can do that better. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the all the bodies, all the bodies hanging from the ceiling. That, that I mean, they look like a fucking haunted house. Yeah, but I was also going to say that um, I can draw connections to some westerns for that because uh, Carpenter said he was trying to make a western again. Oh fuck's um, sake! But it was kind of it was kind of like. Do you remember in the first uh, Red Dead game where you're going to that farm near Armadillo? Oh yeah, barn and, and the Ross. Oh mate. Yeah, I was going to say that, or I was going to say it's not a western. But um, do you remember in Arkham City? Where you go to Wonder City, and just before you get there, you go through that hallway, and all oh the, yeah, all the bodies are hanging. That game was fucked up at points. All the Arkham, Arkham games, all the Arkham games are fucked up. Yeah, but like but, Arkham City more so than most. <laughs> like they really leaned into like the fucking I horror say, shit. I, I would say Arkham Knight leans into quite a lot. They have Professor Pig in that one. And the uh, yeah, but Ar- yeah, but fucking Arkham Knight had Zaz. Arkham City had Zaz. Not Arkham Knight. Sorry, Arkham, C- Arkham City had Zaz and fucking Hush. Mm, true. Cutting about. Literally cutting about. Mm. Not to mention some of the shit that you can find in uh, Penguin's Lair that suggests that he's straight up like stuffed his victims and put them in the fucking museum. Oh, yeah, that's true. But anyway, yeah. Like... Arkham City goes deep, man. And then there's the fucking... There's the Mad Hatter DLC for Arkham City as well. They do that in Arkham Knight as well, yeah. Yeah, but he's a part of, like, the... Yeah. Arkham Knight also has, um... The, uh, yeah, Blackfire. Batman has a lot of fucked up villains <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Deacon Blackfire, Professor Pig, who else is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some fucked up shit in Arkham Knight, but... Uh, Professor Pig, who, as we discussed earlier when we were talking about Escape from L.A., inspired by Bruce Campbell's Surgeon General character in Escape from L.A., yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, Man yeah. Bat is an Arkham Knight as well. <laughs> oh, that fucking jump scare, man! I swear to fuck, I don't get like I've played Arkham Knight a good few times, right? Mm-hmm. Mainly because I can't be fucked playing through City. Uh, <laughs> but well, I say that right, I can't be fucked buying the remastered version to play through City because I got rid of my PS3. So in order to play through City again, I'd either need to use the shitty PC port, or I'd play the fucking remastered version. But yeah, no, like, I've played Arkham Knight a few times, every single time I play that game, that fucking jump scare gets me, because they don't, it's not coded in for a specific time, yeah, or a specific a building, moment. it just fucking happens to you, yeah. it fucks me up. Anyway, we're getting off topic again. So, they have that fucking cut, and next thing we know, or well, the 10th of is take, we're talking to Pam and Greer. Now, here's my issue there, right? See with her talk with Valor talking to Pam Greer, what the fuck was the point in the flashback to them discovering the bodies? Couldn't they just show us couldn't they just naturally show us them leaving there and walking into the next building and it would have the exact same effect? No, this movie's all over the place when it comes yeah, to Yeah, that's it's oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, Pam Greer informs the lieutenant that the bodies found in the wreck were identical to victims accredited to Desolation Williams. 
mm-hmm. on one of his many supposed murder sprees. Jericho manages to unlock the door to the cells. The team make their way down and they find several prisoners in the cells and do a quick roll call. One of these prisoners is not on the list. Yeah, the doctor woman. Dr. Arlene Whitlock makes herself known. Uh, She has some terrible line deliveries as well. She really fucking does. Uh, She escaped from another mining town and ended up stranded in the prison. Now, see that description? Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. If she just it doesn't really that, doesn't really leave anything out, does yeah, it? Yeah, if she just said that in dialogue, it would be fine. But no, we have we to get see another her. fucking flashback. We see her making a fucking like we don't see her making. We just see her on a fucking like hot air balloon type thing. Yeah, made out of a weather balloon. She says, uh-huh. and like we see her crash, land, and we see her like find her way finally to the prison and go in. And then, but the flashback's like a good like minute and a half long. And there's a voiceover. But here's the thing: as well. she voiceovers. There's a voiceover description of what's going on on the top of it. Yeah. Why couldn't we just fucking like, talk, like fucking tell us? I don't know. It's it's it's. Mm. I understand the idea of show don't tell in film, right? It's like a big fucking thing. But there is such a thing as you don't need. That doesn't mean you need to show everything. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? a, a character can tell you that he's needing a shite. You don't need to see him coming out the toilet with a toilet paper hanging off his fucking foot, right? You don't need that shit. Anyway, so uh, we we then introduce James Williams, played by Ice Cube. Uh, Lieutenant Ballard questions Williams and gets nothing from him but Ice Cube's signature mean look. <laughs> he does get, she does get a look from him. She's like, his asshole doesn't know anything. And he's kind of... Yeah. But, uh... Statham I should up, mention, I yeah. should mention, Ice Cube has actually spoken about this movie since it came out. All right, what has he said? And he does not like this movie. He, does he, he not? He doesn't... He, when he talks about it... I wonder it, he, why. When he talks about it, he doesn't talk about, like, uh, the plot being bad or anything. He says he took the job because he really liked John Carpenter. He loves John Carpenter movies. But this yeah. movie didn't work because it didn't have enough money to do the special effects that they wanted to do. That's his whole gripe with it. But I think there's a bit more. There's to a bit it. more than that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, Statham won't stop creepily hitting on Lieutenant Ballard. Like yeah. he is persistently and could like Not almost every single scene they're in together. Almost. He yeah. said some out of pocket shit. <laughs> like every single scene. Uh-huh. Uh, but the team eventually open up what appears to be some kind of cupboard. To find some random cunt just chilling there, acting like they're absolutely after tits and acid, like just staring at their horns and like. <laughs> I actually thought the reveal leading up to her appearing out the when they before they open the door, I thought that was actually. Yeah, that was really good. What they do is they show one of the rookies just pointing a gun at the cupboard, yeah. and then you hear like a, a small like some noise of someone moving around in there, and slowly they get like the full fucking like squad up to open it up. Mm-hmm. That's cool, but then the reveal shite. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Commander Helena and Lieutenant Valor go out to search the town. They find an abandoned vehicle, but as they get closer, they find someone is in there who begs them not to open the door, saying, don't let it out. Mm-hmm. We get a slight variation on the classic Carpenter jump scare, where this time it moves in front of the camera instead of in the background. Oh, how fucking progressive. <laughs> and uh, I got an idea. How to revolutionise the jump scare. We put, the, we put the camera on the other side. <laughs> oh fuck, John! Oh fuck! You've, you fucking genius. you fucking cracked it, John. <laughs> uh, the man who is then in, in the vehicle slits his own throat, and what is a pretty fucking good effect. 
Yeah, there's a couple there's of slits blood. in this. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty decent looking. Right, Jericho posits that the man was contagious mm-hmm. and that they should leave him locked in the vehicle. Yeah. So the pair split up. Jericho goes to look for the commander who has been gone for a wee bit now. Yeah, and when they're like, oh, where was the commander? Right, when you find out that Jericho went to look for it, uh, leading up, um, can, following on from what I thought that maybe he was in cahoots with Ice Cube's character, yeah. I thought that it was going to be revealed that Jason Statham killed uh, yeah, took out the Yeah, yeah. But no, none of this is... <laughs> and Valor goes back to look after the rookies. Valor enters the prison and finds Williams holding one of the rookies hostage. Mm-hmm. The one scene that would have been interesting to see a flashback of. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, to be fair there, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been, uh, would have been good. But. Uh, having escaped when he was let out for food, Valad successfully breaks. Uh, Valad suggests a Ballard prisoner Ballard. swap. Sorry, Ballard. Ballard, sorry. Suggests a prisoner swap. Puts her guns down and is like, right, come on, take me instead of the fucking the wee rookie, alright? Mm hmm. So they do a prisoner swap. She then just does a fucking. Or he calls her the dyke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very not okay. <laughs> she is as well. so far, so far, we're two for two in Carpenter movies having horrific slurs with regards to gay people, and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> it was the nineties. <laughs> so yeah, I'm saying it was. It was all the time. Still shit. Like this is coming from this. This is coming from the same guy that had like such a like such a nice and respectful uh, lesbian character as far back as fucking like someone's uh, watching someone's me. Watching in the seventies, yeah. he done that. He done that character well. Mm-hmm. And now we flash forward to the nineties, and in two movies on the trot, he's got the F and the D slur. <laughs> it's also Ice Cube. He was kind of known for saying those things, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get into like Ice Cube's whole history of a fucking various different uh, fuckery with regards to calling people names. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, that's that's for another day. Imagine Ice Cube and but I'm a cheerleader. No. <laughs> Which anyway. also has clear development, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Alright, so after the prison swap, Valor successfully breaks free from, from Williams with some pretty decent uh, CQC, like takes him out, out and does like some proper like army style like close quarters combat kind I of like stuff. I like you already. It's pretty decent. Before she gets knocked the fuck out with a you single punch. Me. I like you already. Boom. One punch and she's <laughs> out for the count. Uh, Williams seals himself in the clinic with one of the rookies' shotgun. Valor and the rookies attempt to smoke him out. More barbed wire and glass, just like before, with random people acting possessed in hospital beds in the clinic. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of um, Hellraiser 2, when... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, they come back from the hell world or whatever. Yeah, and, like, the hospital's kind of warped and stuff. Yeah, I like that shit. It reminded me of a haunted house I'd done years ago. But uh, one of them attacks Valard, and Williams jumps into the rescue. Then Williams gets jumped, loses his gun, Ballard saves him, but then, sorry, Ballard saves him, but doesn't allow him to pick up his gun, reasoning that, hey, you saved my life, I saved your life, we're even, now get in the fucking cage. (laughs) Now, is this where they finally ask, where was your commander here? (laughs) Yes. Uh, We get some Evil Dead shots with a weird red filter over them, like Mm -hmm. the Force shots, as it's known. Uh, We do get a great line from Ice Cube. Right, where they're talking back and forth about like Ice Cube says, I didn't kill anybody. Right, <laughs> later on, and she, he says, Well, what about all these drugs we found on you? Right, 
I just said innocent. I didn't say I was innocent. I said I didn't kill nobody. Mm. <laughs> Which I'm just like, you know what? I like that line. That's pretty fucking good. It's like mm. I'll admit I'm a fucking criminal. I'm just no that type of criminal. It's a very seventies John Carpenter line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which again, whenever he goes back to that kind of style, he's you can see him almost like peeking through, being like, "Hey, it's it's still me making this film, by the way." I'm uh, still here. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still relevant, isn't I? No, you're not, John. <laughs> you made the rest of this film, and it's fucking doing healthy here. So here we get yet another fucking flashback. And this is probably the most pointless one of the bunch. Uh, this time, shown Ice Cube walking into the train station K three o five. Bodies hung from the ceiling, decapitated, that we've already been told where they are. Like, we've yeah, already been told yeah. about this scene. We see him grab a bag of money and fuck off, and that's the end of it. Yeah, and then, uh, what was it, they have this really, uh, they have this conversation that... that uh, well, they just recap everything that happened. No, it was like, yeah, you done the same thing, and he's like, but I'm a cop. It's like, it's so, ain't much difference between a crook and a cop these days, which is a very Ice Cube thing to say. It's also very true. <laughs> yeah. Social relevance and Ghosts of Mars? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> So we then cut back to the court hearing where they ask him about what the fuck where they then ask uh, Ballard what the fuck Jericho yeah, was doing where Professor Umbridge is asking a bunch of questions oh yeah it's hard it's not but it just looks like her is it not? <laughs> no oh, well, anyway it just looks like Professor Umbridge fair so this time we get another flashback showing us Jericho's point of view <laughs> and this is the part where I started to get really fucking sick of this film jumping back and forth at a time because they start the flashbacks with the same conversation. Like, they start from the point where they split up, mm-hmm. but they don't just go straight to when Jericho was on his own. They go back a bit and show you the same fucking conversation happening again. And then they follow him. Yeah. And then they follow him. Also, he's the one that says, oh, we should get back, but then he just fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> And Jericho starts searching the compound for Commander Braddock. I will say, this is the point where this game starts to feel like... Sorry, this film starts to feel like a video game. Mm-hmm. Specifically, uh, either Sonic Adventure 2 or something a little bit closer to the quality of this film, Sonic 06. Where you're like, you're constant. It feels like each new... Each flashback feels like a different level. Yeah. Like, we've beat this level, so now we'll go back and we'll show what Jericho was doing while you were doing all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, any kind of, like... Like PS2, PS3 era multi-character game where they would have like, they would always have these elements where it was like the characters would split up and it's like, who do you want to go with? And really what the game was asking you was, which level do you want to play first? Because it didn't matter who you went with, your next level was going to be the other cunt. Or in other words, it's kind of like a worse version of, uh, (laughs) it's going to sound really strange. Go on. Lego DC (laughs) supervillains. Yep. Uh, so, or Lego Marvel Two, uh, rather. Oh, yeah. f- fuck that game. Uh, Lego Marvel Two was good. But it was, it was meh. It was good. Uh, he sees a strange-looking person running towards a row of spikes, each one with a severed head stuck on it. Oh yeah, and fucking uh, this Ballard sees those as well, but she doesn't say anything. She's just yeah, she just walks on. <laughs> so this strange person pulls out a head from a bag and sticks it in the spike, and we, the audience, kind of know yeah, she's, what's happening. Yeah at this point but the film fucking really takes its time at this point like trying to like you know like kind of edging you towards the reveal and it's like come on we, we fucking we know it's the fucking commander just we show also, us it's the commander yeah, we also get like the slow camera pan of all the heads yeah one of which is Greg Nicotero yeah um, true <laughs> 
Which is pretty fun. Uh, Jericho then follows the woman to find this massive gathering of people. It almost looks like a ceremony. Mm-hmm. And more people are decapitated by this. Basically, he looks like Valak from the last movie, but yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, he looks like a giant jacked up Valak. He looks like the missing member of Kiss. He looks... Uh, wait, you say, you say <laughs> Kiss. You say Kiss. He looks like Maybe a member... Maybe Lordy? No, he looks like a member... Oh, Lordy's a good show, actually. But he looks like a member of the Swedish black metal band Dark Funeral, because they all wear... Oh, yeah! All They've like, got, like, the fucking battle gear on, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, no. I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> so, the leader, whose design is fucking badass, by is the way, speaks a, this strange language. Is he even given a name? I don't think so. I think he might be given a name in the credits, but I'm not sure. But... Anyway, we'll move on. Jericho reports in to Lieutenant Vallard. And he's saying, it appears that everyone in the mine has gone insane. The signal, however, is absolutely shite, so Vallard doesn't hear any do of this. Credited, do his character name is credited as? What? <laughs> Big Daddy Mars. Fuck off! Let me see. Big Daddy Mars? Big Daddy Mars. That is it. That's also Bruno Mars' original stage name. Uh, <laughs> Big Daddy Mars. <laughs> then he went on stage and he was like fucking five four, so they're like, yeah, we can't call you that. Five four, that's fine. Is he even that short? I don't know. He just, just. I don't know anything about Bruno Mars. Yeah, he feels like he feels like he'd be a short guy, didn't he? Little short king. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Valor then corners the doctor and demands an explanation. Uh, the doctor suggests that human colonisation woke up some sort of sweep- sleeping entity on Mars. They shouldn't have explained it. That is now possessing anyone that comes in contact with. That should have been the end of it. That yeah. Should've, that should have been the end of it. But they, but but they, they go on. fucking deeper into it. Oh. And there's no need. They go deeper into it. But when they decide to explain it, if you're going to decide to explain it, you better, you might as well just explain the whole thing. They don't do that. They explain a little bit of it and it's just like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, because uh, like they, expl- they explain enough of it to ruin any kind of mystique, but they don't explain enough to get rid of any confusion. Uh-huh. So they just leave you in this like awkward middle ground where you're just like, well, it's not like Eldritch unknowable shit, kind of like the thing, or you know, Mouth mm-hmm. of Madness or Prince of Darkness, but it's also not like you know, alien or stuff like that, where it's this, like, you know, unstoppable force kind of creature that we uh-huh. now know about, but weren't aware of Because they tell previously. you what it is, but they don't tell you how it is. <laughs> well, if that makes sense. Well, they're doing fine by the looks of things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they don't tell you how it got How it came way. to be, aye. Yeah. But anyway, so one of the... One of the infected miners, miners is in that f- the fucking job, right? Get out in front of that right now. One of the infected 12-year-olds. Shut the fuck up. He <laughs> jumps the rookie and is killed by Valard. What follows is another evil dead shot with that shitty-looking red filter as the doctor states that now the creature is free from the body, it's loose and able to take over another host. Mm-hmm. So then Jericho arrives at the prison with three survivors. And we get another fucking flashback. They could have just done this whole bit when he finds. Uh, yeah, they could have just stayed head. with him. Yeah, and but instead but he has to tell this whole story about how he went into a fucking uh, shed that's there. Yeah, and, and there's these three dudes. Yeah, and he finds. And then they have a flashback. Yeah, they have a flashback in the flashback, 
where we see them looking over the campus, this red mist descends over the workers. They all hit the fucking oh, deck. So it's a so it's a sci-fi version of the fog. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. But then they, but, <laughs> they explain more. Yeah, but then they keep fucking going. And like the main one goes back to check the mines, and the workers have woke up and have began mutilating themselves, as he says, for decoration. Filing their teeth, making weapons, and killing the ones who hadn't changed, and cutting off faces for masks. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Only a complaint I have, though, we'll never see one cunt with a mask. Yeah. And it's during that line. Yeah. If you're going to establish something like that, they could have at the very least had, like, the main guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. like being like or having like the mask taken off and like underneath his face is like all gnarly and fucked up kind of like a Texas Chainsaw sort of thing yeah but no they just have that one line and that's it it's left and then imme- but, almost immediately as Jason Statham comes back with these yeah, guys the survivors turn on them yeah, and it turns out they're Williams is like old gang members or some shit one of them's his brother yeah we don't find that out until he fucking dies but yeah, yeah. Uno, uh, Dawson, Trey they hold the soldiers at gunpoint the three worst the- Green Day albums <laughs> yeah uh, they hold the soldiers at gunpoint and command them to release Williams uh, there's a fucking great line read from uh, Uno here Right. As a like the lieutenant calls him a scumbag. He's like, "Who are you calling scumbag?" And something about the way he says "motherfucker" after that. Yeah. Like he, he says it on the uptick almost as though it's a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he has a he has like a voice crack. I thought like, yeah, <laughs> something. Yeah. It's fucking great. And then the criminals are fucking idiots. They all go because they all pile in the cell to welcome Williams to be like, "Yeah, that's fucking great." And. When they do that, Valor just steps out the cell and shuts the fucking door. (laughs) And it's the most Looney Tunes shit I've ever seen. I swear to fuck. It's the kind of thing you'd expect to see in a fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon. And they also spend what seems like five minutes just outside in this uh, cell, just kind of... Just talking shit. Oh, and it's like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, move on. (laughs) There's a conversation between the lieutenant and Williams that eventually results in the two groups working together. Yeah. This is when Williams introduces his when gang. When Valor beats the shit out of Uno. Yeah. yeah. This is where no, no. This is later. Williams introduces his gang as Uno, Dos, and Tres. Then Valor beats the shit out of Uno. <laughs> <laughs> to basically be like, listen, you're taking orders for me now. Shut the fuck up. Nearly breaking his arm. Uh, then the lieutenant walks her way through the prison, basically deputising every cunt. Uh, she can find so they can all escape together. Yeah, it's escape. They, this is, it's, this is uh, it's, it's the fog meets assault in Precinct Thirteen, but yeah, it's but all the set. but all the worst parts of both. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Mm. But, I wouldn't say all the worst parts. I'd just say it's just done worse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the gang arm themselves with various weapons thre- found within the prison, and they start making improvised grenades with detonators by sticking detonators into cans of food, yeah. which. It's smart. fairly smart, yeah, smart, and it would yeah. work. You're basically just making a frag grenade. It's really cool. Uh, one of the one of the women that was trying to is struggling to open up this can. So this oh, guy it goes, Doss? "Is it Dos?" Dos goes up and goes like, "High as fuck." Yeah, he's he has what's called like a discounted breather, which has like a fifteen percent nitrous thing. They call it a laugher. Yeah, he's essentially so, doing whippets. Essentially, yeah, and he goes and goes to chop open the can with this machete and cleaves his thumb right off. And everyone just and everyone just kind of fucking laughs at him. And it's like ice cube. The cunts bleed now. Beautiful man. Yeah, the cunts bleed now, and ice cube's just like that's fucking beautiful. <laughs> what the fuck? This movie's stupid. Uh, <laughs> this movie's fucking stupid. 
Ice Cream clearly ha- ice, ice Cream, cream Ice Cube clearly had a blast making this Ice Cream's the white rapper yeah <laughs> Uh, they leave the prison and make their way to the train station and shit just starts blowing up for like no apparent reason no the uh, they later later explain it but initially shit just starts blowing up and we've no idea why the infected are then lining like the roofs of all and this is where it gets really western where they're like looking up and they're all on the ridge and it's very much like the kind of 40s and 50s western where you used to see like all of the natives like along the ridge of like the canyon all looking down with Apache drums and yeah yeah that kind of shit Fort Apache and all these things eventually the infected just start throwing like spears and like circular saws and stuff it's pretty cool at them (laughs) and they start going through the town Uh, so one of the one of the guy I can't remember who walks up to the tent and says like plan A is Goose what is plan B and she turned around and said plan A is the same I have to, do I have a plan B it's the same as plan A you got any bright yeah, fucking was, ideas yeah, Ice Cube that said it yeah, yeah and which which gives us the best line in the fucking movie mm. where Ice, Ice Cube just grabs two guns busts the door open walks into the street and screams come on you mindless motherfuckers and opens fire <laughs> Guns like him will just This is when yeah, this is when Anthrax <laughs> ro- this is when like Anthrax hits us with what should be a fucking awesome track. Mm. But this is nineties Anthrax, so it basically just sounds like a Black Ops 2 zombies map, as I said previously. And it's it's not that great. And again, we talked about this in the previous film. Carpenter doesn't really know how to shoot action. I thought he did this one okay. He does it okay, but there's so many like random cuts and shit. Mm. And Carpenter has two ways of shooting action, where he accidentally makes a great shot by just being lazy and leaving the camera there and letting the stunt crew do their thing, mm-hmm. which is one of my favourite ways to shoot action. Yeah, it's yeah, like how they've done it in like Hong Kong cinema and yeah, all that a stuff. a bit later on where they do that. Yeah, and it can be fucking great. Daredevil done that especially well, but mm-hmm. with a lot more better coordinated with like the hallway shot. You know, there's ways to do that where it's deliberate, but when Carpenter does it, it feels like he just went, I don't know where the fuck to put the camera, just fucking leave it there, big man. Yeah. Yeah. sit it there they cunts ken what they're doing just right I'm going to put the camera here you're going to kick the shit out of him you're going to kick the shit out of her eventually I'll shout cut ever seen the Royal Rumble just do that that's basically what it devolves to at one point yeah this is where we lose like uh, not half the cast quite a sizable chunk a lot of the nameless ones yeah sawblades get thrown the fuck the nameless one of the nameless rookies loses an arm and then gets decapitated Uno, Uno gets possessed yes so he's gone uh, we then go back to the fucking court for no reason other than to just get a recap of everything we've already seen well yeah because uh, what's his name Trey gets stabbed and, yeah and there's no point in going back and talk about the court stuff but yeah because it, get... just, it just randomly yeah. happens Trey gets... I feel like I know there's no point in discussing that in uh. detail but I feel like I should bring it up when it happens mm. because they do it so fucking and often and it's about... so fucking pointless and then they just say what we've seen yeah, and this is where like the video game point brings up because it feels like it's like okay, the player might have like saved at the last at the end of the last level and be coming back to this, so we need a little recap to let them know where they are before they start this next one. Like that's what it feels like that specific like PS two early PS three era of like video games mm-hmm. where they had shit like that constantly. Yeah, but then uh, but yeah. anyway. Trey has his little uh, death scene, which is hilarious. It's the best. Oh, yeah, he's just like, oh god, no, and then fucking dies. Yeah, because he's like, oh, did you lose your brother? He's like, Ice Cube's like, yeah, yeah. oh god, he just dies. He just dies, yeah. <laughs> we then get told how the ghost moves. Apparently, it moves on the wind. 
Mm-hmm. And the Doctor calls it the perfect creation. But, but it clearly doesn't move on the wind, though. Yeah, because we see it moving against... And also, here's the thing, if it moves in the wind, that's not the perfect creation, because all you need to do is just fuck off to Orkney, where it's constantly fucking blowing a gale, mm-hmm. and you're fine. Because the cunt's just going to go right past you before it can be... Or, better yet, a wee hand fan. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. Like that. But it's also... But the, the spirit things are also moving... Inside. Yes! <laughs> so, you know. They're moving inside in like sealed facilities. Mm-hmm. Oh, this fucking movie. Anyway, they we get another fucking flashback to them finding like an old ruin at one of the mines. This is a flashback from the Doctor's yeah, point this of is view, where right? they, this is where they explain things, but don't explain it too much. Yeah. So they find some kind of Martian temple with like old hieroglyphic sort of things in it. The Doctor touches the writing. I wouldn't say it was a temple. I would say it was more of a tomb, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which opens the door and unleashes the red mist from earlier. Mm-hmm. And we learn that these are like the ghosts of the original Martians. Well, we don't actually learn that yet. Or we'll we're, we're roughly like... We'll get to that. Yeah. So the infected keep on blowing up buildings. And we, this is where we finally see that it's the infected that's blowing up the buildings. Mm-hmm. And they're basically just working their way through the town. Jericho once again... Like, well, but Jer- this time, Jer- Jericho lures Val away. Yeah, but he also mentions beforehand that there is that room there that they can escape from. And he's, it, it comes across initially as he's just really desperate to show her this. Yeah, this fucking it comes escape across room. initially as like, this is where we should make our final stand because there's one entrance, one exit. We can like defend mm-hmm. this room. Then he shuts the door and hits on Ballard. Ballard even. And it works! And it works! She <laughs> fucking kisses him! Yeah, yeah. And she sells it horribly where she just seems uninterested. But just yeah, but going to fuck I feel show. like that's more down to her being a shit actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. yeah, yeah anyway, the ghost then... Well, no, their 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 makeout session is interrupted by uh, Claire Duval yeah. uh, shooting this infected guy that's in one of the cells. Aye. And the, the infected rises up from the... Sorry, the ghost rises up from the infected and takes Ballard. And the way that they save Ballard... Well, no, they don't even know they're saving her. That's the thing. Yeah. They, they dump her outside. They dump her outside. Ice Cube reveals that he had stolen her necklace, her pendant. And he knows that it's a stash. Well, Jericho does. He he knows it's a stash. Uh, Ice Cube didn't. He, uh, oh, Jericho yeah. says, oh, that's a stash. And he gives her, like, uh, uh, one of... This will fuck with anything that's in there, oh, he says. I think he's just thinking, like, it would just be, like, one last hurrah for her. No, because he specifically says this will yeah, fuck yeah. with anything that's uh, in there. Oh, uh, but I think it was because they don't know it's going to do anything, so I think he's just literally. It's just it like, well, if you're going to go out, you're going to go out high as fuck. Uh, and then we're then we're tra- given this weird defi- LSD trip. No, we're yeah, yeah. this weird LSD trip that shows really bad 2001 CGI of like the original Martians. It looks like Odd World. <laughs> like, it looks like Odd World. Mate, Abe's Odyssey. And then I like, had uh, not fucking clicked, but it is spot on it's Abe's Odyssey and it's like uh, the Martians are these warlords and she somehow gets yeah. it that you know they're just trying to kill all the invaders but it doesn't ever explain how the Martians became those wee ghosts, ghosts. yeah uh, just, uh, doesn't explain that but yes the drug fucking knocks yeah, she like pukes out the mist so you know so drugs defeat, defeat possession yeah. drugs can defeat so, demonic possessions not demonic you. possessions like Martian possessions like alien possessions can be defeated with the power all drugs. Yeah. I told you there was a reason I was on the gear. <laughs> <laughs> then she gives. Then she goes back to the courtroom where she yeah. explains what she saw, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Yeah. And then she says, and then I woke up and I realized I was outside alone, unarmed. And then you know you have uh, your obligatory shite. Fight uh, she scene. has like a one-on-one fight scene with one of the infected. It's. I wouldn't say it's shite. It's okay. It's. Shite. it's 
shite compared to the rest of the one-on-one fight scenes we get, but it's kind of meh. And she decides that she's going to try and get back in by using his sword as a... Uh, like grappling hook, basically. It's quite smart, actually. Yeah, uh, and can I just talk about the design of the sword really quick, because it fucked me off. Yeah, the points of the Because like... it's based off of, like, ancient. Uh, ancient, like, Mayan weapons, where they Aztec. used to have, like... I'd say more Aztec, but yeah, yeah. Aztec, yeah, sorry. Where they would have, like, ridges on the sword, so it's almost like a serrated blade. So as you pulled the sword out, it would do more damage, right? But the blades are the wrong. The way. problem is that <laughs> the ridges on the blade are the wrong fucking way around. Mm-hmm. Like the curved bit is pointing down the way. So if you were to try and stab someone with it, it would just stop. Yeah. At the flat, and it would be like completely fucked. Yeah. And if it sounds like we're we're blasting through this movie, it's because there isn't really much plot in this movie. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Where and not only that, but like the film is the film's very straightforward. It could be it could be straightforward, but it's like a solid like two hours or so of it's fuck not, all. It's not two hours. It's like an hour like, and a half. Hour and a half. Sorry. Wait, oh, like, but the movie. All. But the movie also feels like it's rushing. It repeats itself constantly oh. as well. But then, so they let <laughs> Ballard back in. Yeah, and based on the fact that those fuckers don't English. speak English, yeah, <laughs> which is you know kind why, of smart. Why they're speaking Ice, Spanish? <laughs> yeah, but Ice Cube and Statham answer the door, both pointing a gun. And this is the point where I was. They both answer the door and they're both pointing their guns at Ballard, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's a shot of the two of them stood side by side, and immediately my first thought was, "Fuck, that'd be a good buddy cop movie." It would be. Like, like if you let them both be like as funny as they can be, the closest like, that would I be can, fucking great. The closest I can think of to that buddy movie would probably be Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, where he's teamed up with fucking the Rock. Dwayne the Rock. But yeah, asshole. I mean, so they let. He's not an asshole, but yeah, yes. he is a bit. Yeah, he is a bit. He's an asshole. But they let they let her back in. He's and, not an asshole. <laughs> yeah, they let her back in, and right. at this point, I kind of black out a little bit. Right. So this is where they. De- they reveal to the audience that the Martians basically consider humans to be invaders and want them dead, right? Which is why, like, things are getting blown up. It's why everyone's getting, like, decapitated and stuff. And this is where it comes into the idea of, like, you know, John Carpenter just wants to make a Western, is that this idea is very, very similar to, like, 40s and 50s Westerns when, you know, it was the classic, sorry for somewhat archaic language here, but this is what it was, you know, the Cowboys versus Indians. Cowboys and Indians! Basically, yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's even a line later on where, like, this isn't their planet anymore. Yeah, they straight (laughs) up say that, and it's some colonial bullshit, man. Uh, I fucking hate it. It's fucking hilarious. But this then begins a siege as the infected breach the train station and try to take out the remaining humans. And this whole sequence is about ten minutes, and it's a big, just a big It's just a big shootout. And then a a brawl. It's a pretty decent shootout. It's It's a fine action scene, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's genuinely it's, quite fucking good it's, it's enjoyable they like I love that idea of them like like basically there's four of them left at this point right and the way that they do it is like five so five of them left at this point and the way that they Six. do the action scene is that there's two at the back shooting the people going for them yeah. and then when they need to reload two more take yeah. their place and then and the other two the, start reloading and, you've got and the they basically do this like kind of conveyor belt and the cops shooting the doctor just standing in the back but yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah but yeah, so they but make like, that's a really cool like I really like that idea, and it's a really cool like smart thing for the two. Again, going back to one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, The Thing. That's one of my favorite things in these kind of like horror movies. Mm. These are horror action movies when like characters make genuinely smart decisions, and for the moment, 
for like whatever moment they're in that's always like yeah fuck I love that because it makes them more human because it's the kind of thing that you'd like yeah that's a good fucking idea I that would work and, you know, these I, aren't just fucking brain dead like body bags basically yeah. and I'm going to be completely honest the next 15 minutes aren't really worth talking about because it's literally because all they do is they get on the train then they decide that they need to go they back. decide that they need to go back because they need to kill them all uh-huh. So they go and, and their this plan is, where is we, to this is where we get the line that it's not their planet anymore uh-huh. and they make the plan to nuke the cunts. Which is fine, whatever. Right. That scene could have been two or three minutes long, easily. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's a solid 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Which which tells me that they, did ha- that they didn't have any idea what to go, where to go with this movie. Yeah. They didn't have any idea where to fill in the time. Like, so they go... They don't get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. They, one of, like... I love like the Tremors franchise, mm-hmm. so I love I I will take I love a planning scene just as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. But when it's a plan that takes two minutes, and then they do a to summarize to explain that what and they're they going to do as well, and they take fifteen minutes to tell you what they're going to do, and then flash back to it later yeah. to tell you what they're going to do. Like so this it, film wastes so much time so I just telling gonna, you shit you already knew so I'm just going to breeze through this bit here right I'm just going to explain what happens here right, right. So, so they go they go they reach the nuclear reactor place they set everything up right mm-hmm. the <laughs> Mars big daddy Mars you see the, the, they keep the train at the train station to distract the, the ghosts the, the zombies whatever you want it works for like a couple of minutes big daddy Mars yeah. sees through this immediately right yeah. so uh, no no it, it does work for a little bit to give them credit like, like a little the, bit it buys them a little bit of time so you know, buys them enough time to get to, into the reactor. So they, they they set everything up for the reactor to explode, and it's like uh, I think it's a timed explosion. So they need to yeah, they need to get the fuck out. Yeah, basically. so the, it's basically a run and gun battle at this point, and at this point, all the cast die except the dog gets possessed. Yeah, the dog gets possessed. Uh, Peter gets like fucked up by like spears and stuff. Yeah, Peter Jason. Uh, uh, the the final rookie. Gets decapitated. Yeah, well, she's actually looking pretty badass firing off her yeah, yeah, yeah. pistols. They don't have any Jericho muzzle flare. They don't have any muzzle flare. Yeah, Jericho goes down in a fist fight and basically just gets overrun like zombie yeah. movie style. Yeah. And it gets to the point where Carradine, it's just the lieutenant yeah, and Ice Carradine gets his throat slit by a... Uh, by a saw blade that goes past. Yeah. Which is interesting because at this point we have only seen the saw blades like take off limbs and decapitate. It's nice to see like a yeah. different thing, like, like even a near miss with those things is lethal. Mm-hmm. that's cool I like that idea he also had the most stupid death because he didn't need to stand there yeah 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 he stood at the train door like a fucking conductor being like all of yeah, <laughs> yeah. so everybody's dead and, uh, and I'm sorry we're breezing past this but there's nothing really worth talking about no this whole sequence is just kind of average at best right yeah so they're on the train and we were I pointed this out to you that uh, some of the zombies jump on the train as well yeah and they and hear the way, them banging on the yeah, train and the way but the they're train on the previous built, car the, yeah the way the train is built is that um, it's not all one big uh, solid car there's several and in order to get to the next cars you need to leave one car and walk outside so they shouldn't be hearing any of this no they so shouldn't. Ice Cube goes to get rid of those uh, get rid of those little yeah. zombies I will say this fight seems pretty decent yeah as we see Lieutenant Ballard and Williams each fighting a different infected William is fighting Big Daddy Mars who we should also mention got set on fire previously but yes yes and he, Lieutenant in Ballard is fighting like an unnamed, unknown infected. He looks like Freddy Krueger, but yeah. Well, he's got like the, yeah. the, the claws. He's wearing a red jumper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Ice Cube also takes uh, some uh, 
uh, detonators with him, and there's some dynamite apparently in the last train. Yeah, car. yeah, yeah. So all he really does is he it disconnects, drops the, drops the the detonators and the dynamite, uh, disconnects the train car, and then just watches his big daddy Mars gets blown up. Yeah, and that's and it just this is the thing. He just stands there watching it happen, right? Uh, and, it, and I will say the I miniature work, the miniature work is pretty good. Oh yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, this is the point where I was like, see if I directed this movie, this is the point where Ice Cube dies. Yeah. Because this is a final destination death waiting yeah. to happen. And she, like, if he's just sitting there, like, get it right fucking up yet, and then, like, a bit of debris comes out and just strikes him. Yeah. And like, the, that would have been really fucking cool. And then she And just, it was a cool uh, way for the character to go out. But and then they, she just kills her guy by, uh... By just throwing him, him off the, the train, right? Yeah, she just kicks him out of the door, because the door's still open. Yeah. So then we then it jumps in time... To the nook go blowing up. Well, yeah, the nook goes off, right, which is all fine, Dandy. Right? And it jumps then, forward in time. Va- uh, Balor's just sleeping in a bed, right? And he's stitching up a, a leg wound that she has. Which we don't see her get. No, we do, we do. It's oh, during, do you? Yeah, right? it's when they're running out from the... Um, I don't the remember reaction. seeing her get that, she I'll be honest a, with you. She gets a circular saw to the leg. Um, I did not see that, man. I was there. I must have been fucking checked out, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but, but then we have, like, so they're, they're having, like, this little heart-to-heart moment, yeah. you know. And uh, she's, saying that, says, she's saying that, you know, she's going to tell uh, the authorities that he isn't to blame here, what yeah. is actually happening. And she says, and I quote, they'll drop the charges as soon as they read the report. Uh, aye, will they, aye? Will they uh, fuck? I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure they fucking will. Aye. So then he takes her hand. Aye, and... <laughs> this scene is so fucking slow. It's How the fuck does she not realise what he's going to do? Yeah, he handcuffs her hand to the, the, uh, to the to railing the on the bed. Yeah. But he's like grabbing her hand and moving her arm. Yeah, he's like moving her arm in position slowly. like, And uh, she's just like fucking letting him do it. No wonder fucking serial killers get away with shit, man. What do you mean? <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. We then go back to the court hearing. And, and Professor Umbridge is just... It's just like... Is that all you have to yeah, tell us? Yeah, no. And Lieutenant Valid is dismissed. And she's like, so are we telling the so is the official statement that there's ghosts overrunning Mars? And if at which point we see like the red mist like can we get like a sort of dissolve and we see the red mist slowly dissipate and we get a shot of the main city. Mm-hmm. Which is what is it, Crisey? Crisey? Crisey. Crisey. Yeah, we get the mist going. And if that was the ending, that would that would have been fucking great. That would have been awesome, like oh shit, but nope, they had to have the fucking action movie ending. It's almost like sequel bait as well. Oh, big time, yeah. Big time sequel baiting. Where, uh, you know, you start hearing all the alarms going off. Uh, yeah, and she Natasha gets Natasha Henstridge gets uh, out in her underwear, which, you know, well, it's pretty alright looking, but, you know, that's what she was known still, for at the time. Still, like, egregious and shouldn't yeah. happen, but yeah, go on. I mean, I haven't an alien, but, you know. And then, uh... Then Ice Cube... explained that they're on, like, fucking cryopods and no, shit. I'm talking about at the end, when she when Ripley's getting into this. <laughs> She's just... Into the what? Well, before the that... The pod? No. Well, she doesn't know the alien's there yet, but yeah, yeah whatever. But anyway, uh, Ice Cube opens the door, has a shiny fucking... Uh, has like a chromed out... What I don't even know what kind of gun it is. It looks like a weird mix between a Mac 10 and a Tech 9. They deliver the cringiest lines ever. Oh my fucking God, yeah. These fucking action movie lines, where, man. Where he, his line's okay, where he's like, if you ever decided to switch sides, you'd make a good... You'd make crook. a good crook. And like, she replies, you'd make a good cop. She can't sell those lines though. She really can't. No, you'd be a good and cop. It's like no, she 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 sells that you'd be a good cop. It's the follow up where they both they look at each other and go nah. Then they go let's do what we do best. Then it just she says like kick ass, and then it goes to the fucking credits. <laughs> this fucking movie. It's. I just want to tell you what Carpenter said about this movie go before on. we finish. Right, 
He's, uh, so there's a bit here saying, responding to the criticism towards the film, Carpenter stated he was intentionally trying to make Ghosts of Mars as over the top and tongue in cheek as possible. He claimed he was trying to make a mindless and silly, yet highly entertaining and thrilling action flick where the universe allows its characters and plot points to be silly without becoming full-fledged comedies, akin to 80s action movies like Commando, Rambo First Blood Part 2, and Predator. Looking back on the film and its criticism, he stated that he was frustrated that most people thought the film was meant to be a serious horror movie, and feels that he should have made the film more openly comedic and in on the joke, saying, I have no power over what critics say. But when people complained about the movie being campy and not scary, the name of the movie is Ghosts of Mars. I figured the campiness would be self-explanatory. <laughs> well, yeah, but... It's still made a shit movie. <laughs> but, no, but here's the thing, right? I can understand where he's coming from with that, right? Mm. But the movie itself isn't campy. No. It's just like... That's what, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He didn't make it campy enough. He should have done it more, but... yeah. Uh, that's the problem. Uh-huh. But he's claiming that it's like, oh, the critics complained it was too, it, it was too campy. Yeah. It was like, no, it wasn't too campy. Yeah. It was like, you took the film so seriously that the campy moments seem like outlandish and fucked. Like, yeah. that's why it's bad. And not to mention the fucking, the constant flashbacks to the fucking, uh, to the courtroom scene that are just completely pointless. The amount of like different characters POVs that we get during the first like hour or so of the movie, again, completely fucking pointless. Mm-hmm. Almost every single bit of exposition has a moment showing us what we've already been told, or vice versa, telling us what we've already seen. Yeah. Is that the film treats its audience like they're all fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, I don't mind films doing that if the film itself is quite complex. I actually quite appreciate it. Yeah. Like, if a film's going to treat the audience like idiots, fair play, like, explain the shit I've just seen to me because you've clearly put some mad shit here. That's but, all right. But this isn't Put your films do that. But, but the film one itself one. is dumb as pig shit. Yeah. And so I don't want to I don't want to talk about this movie anymore, so um, <laughs> let's just uh, put this, let's just uh, cut to the chase. Would you watch this movie again? Fuck no. Would you ever recommend it to anybody? Yes. Okay. Would I, <laughs> would I watch this again? Let me, let me explain. Yeah, no, in, a, in a sort of B-movie type fucking... Yes, I would, so I would, put, it's good yeah, I would put it on to like take the piss out of it with mates. I yeah. feel like that would be good. Yeah. But anything outside of that, fuck no. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Yeah, this movie's terrible. Uh, well, next week we're... Back on. <laughs> you really fucking hate this movie. You I just do, want to get it done with it. I do. Um, God damn. But... You know, next week we're back again with with John Carpenter's final movie. Yes, made uh, in two thousand and ten. But he's still alive. So he might make another one at some point. Who knows? Yeah, but as of yeah, as, as of, of recording, recording, this is John Carpenter's final movie that he directed. He the, still has producing. Yeah, the Sorry, Amber Heard, the Amber Heard recording, the Amber Heard starring rather, the Ward. Yes. Uh, I did not know this movie existed until uh, me neither. Like until we started doing this, so you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, and then uh, that same week, uh, we should have a ranking episode out as well. Yes, so maybe not, is... in the, maybe not in the same week, depending on how this all goes. But once this is all, all finished, the next episode after the war will be us discussing uh, all of the Car- Carpenter films that we've seen so far. It'll be a week and a roundup yeah, of everything that we're we've going seen, to give as well as own... a nice little ranking. What we'll yeah. do is, I don't know if we'll do like a full-blown ranking of every single film. Or if it's better doing like a you know top five, bottom five. We'll do a full thing. You want to do a full thing? Yeah, we'll each come up with our own individual list and we'll just talk about it, see how it goes. Okay, right. And then awesome. uh, I don't know if we should mention what we're going to move on to after. Carpenter. We'll, we'll talk about that in the ranking video, I believe. We'll mention yeah. that. But uh, 
Uh, after no fuck, fuck it we'll say it now so, uh, yeah. so after we've, we're finished with Carpenter we're going to do about a month of just a couple of random movies here yeah, and a wee palette cleanser yeah, four movies that have nothing to do with any franchise or any specific director standalones basically yeah just just, just a for a, just for a wee bit of a palette then, cleanser after spending so long on one thing and then yeah. after that we'll move on to our next project which we'll reveal uh, towards the end of that little uh, palette cleanser hell yeah so yeah. yes thank you very much everybody who's been listening to Archive Panic and we will see you next week for The Wall. Yeah, fuck this. Fuck this whole fucking movie. I hate this shit so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>